That's pretty cool, huh? Ciao. Bonjour. Is that how you say that? <laughs> all right, great. Good deal. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to be with you all this morning. Uh, man, it's really, really great to be here. Uh, I've always been excited about this series uh, really all week. Uh, really, I'm excited about the whole fall uh, and several different things that we have going on. Really, I'm excited about the church. I'm just excited. Like, good things are happening. So it is good to be here. Uh, we just got out of a covenant community class uh, in which we had 34 people uh, that are saying, man, I want to join this body. So that's just really, really cool. Like, that's like... Let's do a little praise dance real quick, right? Like that's some good things. So praise the Lord. I'm excited uh, about the church. So um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them because we're actually starting a new series today. Uh, if you need a Bible, the ushers are coming forward now, um, and you could just slip your hand up as they pass by. They'll pass you down a Bible. Uh, if you do not own a Bible, uh, please take and keep that. That's our gift to you. We want you to have the word, be able to use it during the week. And so uh, that's why we bought those for you to be able to take home uh, and use those during that time. You can also follow along on your smartphone if you have the U version app underneath the tab section, click on events, type in the well Austin, you can follow along that way. Uh, there are notes, places for the scripture, all those things. Uh, if you do not know uh, what version is, uh, then we have a link um, up on the screen, Kenneth Clark. Thank you. <laughs> uh, boom, there we go. Uh, so a link right there. Uh, you can follow along that way. Uh, just take that, type that into your browser. You can be able to follow along there. Um, we want your eyes on the word. We say this every week. We mean it. Uh, we want you to be able to see that we're not just making stuff up. We're not trying to be cute. We really believe that the word of God is written to us to be able to know God, to worship him, to understand who he is. And so we want to do that more this morning as we sit under the word collectively as a body. So your phones, Bibles, whatever it is, uh, please take that and be able to fix your eyes on the word with us. Um, one quick announcement, just to get us situated real quick before uh, we get started. We've been having uh, a lot of kids uh, here recently. So uh, the scriptures say, Jesus says, let the children come. Uh, and y'all know how to be obedient to the scriptures. <laughs> All right? And so we have uh, lots of pregnancies, lots of new babies. Uh, we have people that are coming in with as many kids as our boy Jacob and Genesis, starting nations in this joint. And so uh, because of that, uh, we have a lot of different space uh, problems going on, which is a great problem to have. And so one of the things that we're going to do, parents, is uh, starting next week, we're actually switching into the uh, electronic check-in. And so that will be a lot faster. Uh, I know sometimes it's a little bit hard to kind of check kids in. So that's just one thing. The second thing, though, is that we're actually going to be moving check-in to the front of the uh, school building. So we come in right now right here. It's actually the side. But the technical front is actually up there. And we're going to start coming in there with parents. And so that will open up a lot of parking spaces. It will be really easy to park kind of walk your kids in there. And so we're going to start that October 8th, all right? Everybody else can still come through the main way. That'll clear up more guest parking for you all and things like that. So it'll just kind of create some spacing. Uh, uh, uh. Yep, there we go. So... <laughs> Cool? <laughs> Here we go. We're ready for this today. All right. Um, so that's just a heads up. You'll hear more about it, especially if you're a parent. You'll hear more about it, and you'll be ready for it by October 8th. Just wanted to prep us. So we are starting a new series on work today, all right, and kind of the beauty of work, what God is doing through work. And so what we're assuming is that all of us in here, we work to some extent, right? So maybe we're engineers or architects, maybe we're stay-at-home moms, maybe we're students, or uh, maybe we are, are, are even artists or athletes, but all of us have some sort of job that we do. They may vary, but we all kind of work nonetheless, right? What I'm also assuming is that 
all of us in here probably want to have significance or value in our work. And we also want to do something that uh, brings us joy and brings us uh, satisfaction even. And both of those are good things, to do things with value and to do things that kind of bring life into us. But what happens is that oftentimes our work is kind of totally devoid of the gospel. And it's really hard for us to actually understand how do we implement the beauty of the gospel into our working lives? What does that look like to kind of take the personal work of Christ and subset that over our job so that we can live in light of that? And so one of the problems is that there's just been several different ways which we've been told to do that growing up, even if we didn't grow up in the church. And so as you look throughout kind of the church uh, history movement, there's been all these different ways in which to view work. For example, the small group movement that really started up in kind of the 80s and got people in groups, which we do here, right? One of the things that they've said is that uh, what happens is that church kind of exists so that we can support one another through the ups and downs of work. And we can kind of be there for each other and encourage one another. And this is actually true. This is part of why church exists. What Christ has done is allowed us to uh, persevere through the ups and downs. But if it's kind of boiled down to just that, then work becomes nothing more than a necessary evil. And we know that that's not true, as we'll even see today, that work isn't evil but good. And so it can't be just that, right? The Lutheran movement, which started long, long, long time ago, really the, the father of the Reformation in a lot of ways, said that work was a way in which we do things with excellence. And through that excellence, we actually highlight and show off the beauty and glory of Christ, Well, this is true as well. We show off Christ through our work, and this is a beautiful thing, but if it's boiled down to just that, then what about evangelism? Or or what if we hate our jobs? How do we show off the beauty of Christ through that? The evangelical movement really made us missionaries in our jobs, but a lot of times then we kind of forbey the excellence that is required. So there's all these different movements that have kind of created all this different kind of confusion in our work. And so I have a chart here I want to show you that a lot of times it's kind of been boiled down to all of these things. And what we say is the way to serve God at work is, and people have named all these things throughout church history. So to further social justice in the world, to evangelize your colleagues, to do skillful and excellent work, to create beauty, etc. And we've been kind of wrestling with that even as a church family is, hey, how is it that we actually serve God at work? What does it look like to do our jobs well? What has Christ called us to do with our jobs? And, and, and what is going on? Is work just a combination of all of these things? Or is it something else, all right? And so that's what we want to do today is we kind of want to set the basis or the foundation for what is work, how do we do this well, and with that foundation, I hope that we'll be able to see how work is actually a really beautiful thing that God has uh, purposefully designed where we are able to see the beauty of him and even live in light of the gospel. We're able to participate with him in his redemption plan to the world. So we all know that work is extremely important. But if we're going to work well, then how do we choose our work, right? Like, like how do we work well when it's really hard, when we don't like our jobs? How do we glorify God? So we hope that this foundation will create for us an ability to kind of catapult ourselves into work even that much more. And our community groups throughout the week will look at a lot of very specific things like, what does it look like to share our faith at work? What does it look like to choose a right job? How do you work well when you have bosses that maybe even are immoral? And we'll get really practical with things like that. And then here, we'll kind of coincide on Sundays and 
look at kind of God's overview of work in general, all right? So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to Genesis 1, because we have not spent enough time in Genesis over the past eight months, all right? Genesis chapter 1, starting back in the sermon series we just left off in, and we want to look at God's foundation of work. What has he laid out from the very beginning? So we're going to start right at the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1, pick it up there in verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now he does this over and over, creates the six days. Let's jump down to verse 26 there. On the sixth day, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So one of the things that we actually see from the very beginning was that God's original design was actually for work. From the beginning, from the very start of creation, we see that God has actually made us in his image, which means that he has made us to work. Why? Because God in his very nature is a worker. This is not something that he willed himself to do, but right away we see God jump off the bat, and what is he doing? He is working. In fact, you don't have to turn here. I'm just going to read this real quick. But in John chapter 5, verse 17, when Jesus steps on the scene, Jesus says this to the Pharisees. He says, uh, but Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. So this isn't something that God just did at creation, which is, I think, what some of us think, is that he kind of created, and then he's just kind of sitting in heaven. No, Jesus says, the father's working even now, Christ says, from the very beginning all the way up to that point, and we see even in the future in Revelation, we see that God is a worker in his very being, and we were created in the image of God, which is actually why work is something that is constantly on our minds, because we have been created in the very image of God, we are trying, even if we don't mean to, to imitate our daddy. We're looking like the father. We are working because he himself is a worker. So work is not inherently a bad thing, but rather the exact reverse, work is actually inherently a good thing. And so one of the reasons that God created work, one of God's designs for work, which is our first point today, is that God created work that we can actually bless him that we can bless God. God's design was that we would be able to reflect him in our work, to be able to honor him in our jobs. And this is one of the things that actually separates Christianity from a lot of the other philosophies and religions and thoughts around the world. If you look at uh, ancient history, for example, and the uh, Enuma Elish, which was the uh, religious book that was read most frequently during the time that the Bible was written, it was uh, the, the Babylonian religion, it said that the world was created actually out of this chaos. 
chaos. And there were these two gods that were fighting each other, and one god won, and chaos happened out of that. And then humanity was kind of put into that chaos so that we can kind of create a little bit of order from that chaos. Now, in irony, we are supposed to create order from chaos, but really there wasn't kind of two gods that were fighting and work as a subset of that because that would make work inherently evil. But rather, we see that our God was actually creating work. He was doing work himself and then made us in his image to actually do that there with him. If you look at other philosophies and if you look at different uh, uh, things that scripture kind of combated against at the times, one of the things in the New Testament was a lot of the Greek philosophies said that work was just created by the gods as a way to serve them because they were too high to do menial tasks. And so that's why the nobles actually didn't do a lot of work, but rather the common people would have actually been the ones working because work was below the gods. But if we look in the scriptures, that's actually the exact reverse of what Christianity says. It says that, no, 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 work isn't below the gods. In fact, God himself is a worker. It is a good thing. There is something beautiful within the midst of this. And so the world wasn't created out of some cosmic battle. The world wasn't created so that we can kind of serve God as, as, as just his little minions. But in reality, actually, we work as a way to imitate our God because he himself is a worker. You follow him? And so there's a lot of beauty kind of in the midst of all of that. Think about verse 28 again. If you can go back to that. Um, Verse 28 is a huge, huge verse there because in the beginning there was nothing. And then God begins to fill the universe, right? Light, plants, stars, humans, water, etc. And then God tells us to fill the earth, all right? But not just with humans, which is what we tend to think of, but rather we actually also fill the earth with computers and cars, with colleges and chairs, with children, with cookies and cake, bless the Lord, oh my soul, (laughs) worship his holy name, right, with creative things. And those things are all good things. Like cookies were not in the garden, but that actually came out of humans taking what God had originally created and beginning to expand on that creation and blessing him through that. This is something that we actually imitate God with. And so one of the ways that we actually serve God at work is by imitating him or or following in his footsteps. And so even in verse 2, we see that God subdued the earth that he was over, and then he began to create order with in it and then he tells man now you subdue the earth and create order within it and create structure God allows us to act like him I mean friends like like this is profound God is trying to invite us to partake in the divine call the divine nature even that we get to participate in that together through something that is as basic as work which a lot of us tend to not think very much about. He's given us the ability to carry out our natural talents, our natural desires, and through this actually reflect him. Friends, this is a wonderful thing because now rather than work being something, oh gosh, I hate work. No, we can actually see that God has intricately created something where we, by our very nature, get to actually worship him if we do it well. God has allowed us to partake within the midst of this. This was a design by God to reflect him. Tim Keller in his book, Every Good Endeavor, which is a great book if you're looking for additional material on work. It's very philosophical and kind of theological, gives us overviews of work. But he says this, whenever we bring order out of chaos, whenever we draw our creative potential, whenever we elaborate and unfold creation beyond where it was when we found it, we are following God's pattern of creative cultural development 
A biblical understanding of work energizes our desire to create value from the resources available to us. Recognizing the God who supplies our resources and who gives us the privilege of joining as co-cultivators helps us enter into our work with a relentless spirit of creativity. Co-cultivators is not a word, by the way. <laughs> Pastors just be making up words sometimes. I'm like, how do you get to do that? All right, but you get his point, right? Like, we get to participate with God. This means that work uh, directly has dignity, it has value, no matter what our jobs may be, because we get to partake with God in the midst of that. If you go over to Genesis chapter 2 now, after you look from chapter 1, God keeps going on this idea of work. And in verse 15, he says, Uh, The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to, what's that word? Work it and keep it. Work it. I didn't mean to do that. But now, verse 19, out of the garden, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. Up to this point, God had been naming everything, right? Sun, moon, stars, ocean, water. And God is the one that's naming things. So why didn't God name the animals? He could have, right? He probably would have given them better names than like platypus, you know? But no, God actually allowed man to partake with him in his very nature. God was naming things and he stopped and he created man. He says, now you continue that work. So really we get to glorify God because we are continuing the work that he himself started. We are partaking with the divine, friends. Like, this is a fascinating thing that God has invited us in through something as simple as work. God is literally allowing us to take part of his creation. We're continuing what he started. So work is not bad, but it's actually a really good thing. It's a way in which we get to display the beauty of God. And if you think about it, this is why uh, we naturally are able to worship when we work well. Because if we have this mindset, then all of a sudden we naturally begin to recognize how we are actually walking directly in line with the path that God has laid out for his creative order in general. We are partaking in the divine nature. It's a way to reflect him. It's a way to imitate him. About uh, two weeks ago, Micaiah, my oldest daughter, came into the room. Uh, It was like 4 a.m. and I was sleeping. And she had to go to the bathroom. and She had a bad dream or something like that. Anyway, so I, you know, took care of it and then uh, went back. And the way Micaiah sleeps, she sleeps with this, like, long shirt on and some pull-ups, right? And so in the morning, I get up and I walk out, and all she has on are some pull-ups. And I was like, Micaiah, what happened to your shirt? And she was like, oh, I wanted to sleep like you. You don't have a shirt on when you sleep. (laughs) And it was really cute, and I hugged her, and it was great, right? But what she was saying is, I think what you do is awesome, and I want to be like you. Which, who can blame her? I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) Right? But look at what we're doing to God. When we are working, when we are thinking about it like this, what we're saying is, I think what you do is awesome. I want to be like you. And does that not naturally give God honor? Like when she said that, I felt honored, right? That was almost, if we can use a word and not put too much uh, weight behind it, that was a way of worship almost, of elevating, of saying, hey, hey, I really love you. I like you, right? And when we worship God by working well, we are saying, I want to be like you. I want to honor you. And so work is a way in which we get to do that. Secondly, one of God's purposes or his designs in work is that we would be able to bless humanity. Right after the greatest command of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which strength is a piece of work, right? He then goes on and he actually gives the second greatest command. And if you go to Mark chapter 12, this is one of the uh, places that it is in all four Gospels. 
But in Mark chapter 12, uh, in verse 31, it says this. Mark chapter 12, verse 31. It says, the second command is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. How do we love our neighbor as ourselves? What is the way that we serve humanity? I would argue that work is actually one of the ways by which we love our neighbor as ourselves the best. Uh, Sebastian Traeger in his book, The Gospel at Work, which is the second book that I would recommend. It's a very practical book on work, really, really easy, really quick read. But he kind of lays out how do we work well. He says this. He says, just as our love for God should motivate us to do our work well, so should our love for other people. Why is that? It's simple, really. God has chosen to order the world in such a way that our food doesn't just miraculously zap into our refrigerators each day. Clothes do not grow on trees, nor houses assemble themselves. The trash we produce doesn't just magically disappear after each evening, and human society doesn't naturally remain ordered. All of this happens to the process we call work. And when we love other people by helping, and we love other people by helping make all these things happen. Lester DeCoster in his book, uh, Work, The Meaning of Your Life, this is a long quote, but I think it's really important for us to see how God has actually organized the world. He says this, Work is the form in which we make ourselves useful to others, in which others make themselves useful to us. We plant with our work. God gives the increase to unify the human race. Look at the chair you're lounging in. Could you have made it yourself? How would you get, say, the wood? Go and fell a tree? But only after first making the tools for that and putting together some kind of vehicle to hold the wood and constructing a mill to do the lumber and rows to drive from place to place. In short, a lifetime or two to make one chair. If we worked not 40, but 140 hours per week, we couldn't make ourselves from scratch even a fraction of all of the goods and services that we call our own. Our paycheck turns out to buy us the use of far more than we could possibly make for ourselves and the time that it takes us to make each check. Work yields far more return upon our efforts than our particular jobs put in. Imagine that everyone quits working right now. What happened? Civilization uh, life quickly melts away. Civilized life quickly melts away. Food vanishes from the shelves. Gas dries up at the pump. Streets are no longer patrolled and fires burn themselves out. Communication and transportation services and utilities go dead. Those who survive at all are soon huddled around campfires, sleeping in caves, clothed in raw animal hides. The difference between wilderness and culture is simply work. Do you see God's majesty and what he has created and what we call work? I mean, think about how genius this design is, right? That God has made a way in which we are able to bless one another exponentially beyond our abilities. That's pretty cool. We talk about that in church a lot, right? Your gifts are, are different than my gifts. And as we unify together, we can make more of Jesus. That's why church is so important because all of our gifts come together to make much of Christ. But look, this is actually true in the creative order as well. It is natural of God to be able to do this. And so work is actually a main way in which we serve and we love our neighbor. Isn't this genius of God? Like our hearts should be worshiping a little bit because I don't know if I would have created that if I were God, right? Like I would have had some different structure, but this is profound that God not only allows us to imitate him and to reflect him and to worship him, but also to serve the crown of his creation, humanity. We actually, through our work, naturally can love God and love others. 
He's given us with something as simple as work to be able to follow the great command. When we bless others through our jobs, God has made a way for us beyond our abilities to reflect him. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says this, which seems almost out of place when you're reading the chapter, but really important for us to get. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, he says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. In other words, it is your job, Christian especially, to work well so that you may use the things that God has given you to bless those around you. This is an important concept because this is why we actually should work well. This is why Paul in 2 Thessalonians says if a man doesn't work, then a man shouldn't eat. Why? Because he's not doing the very natural thing that God has called us to do to bless humanity around him. This is why it's important to do work well because we display God to the world around us and we support God's work as we bless those around us. Like once again, we get to participate in the divine. We get to support his creation and bless those around us. And so it's actually ironic that anyone who works with excellence is actually serving God, whether they believe in God or not. Like, isn't that crazy of God to even do that? And so as he talks about all of creation actually serving him, even those who kind of hate God, when they do their work well, they're still blessing God's creation and the people that he loves. And so in a way, they're serving God. Why not just be on his team? Right? Like we get to almost no matter what, when we do work well, serve God. And so this is important because that means that all work actually has value. Like I wrote this sermon, Drinking a Latte, that actually Ashley Davis made. Thank you, Ashley. All right, and she gives me for free. Holla! All right, <laughs> but it was great, right? And like literally, rather than being like, "Oh gosh, this is terrible," like it actually made me get right in, and it helped me focus, honestly, because I was tired because I have three little kids, right? If you have a good steak, is that not actually participating in the divine? If you look at a piece of art that somebody made, do you not intrinsically see the beauty of God through that? So the solar systems or the human body that God has created, when the architect or engineer creates structure, are they not naturally reflecting God to the world around them? The beauty of the universe and all the colors of the rainbow, when an artist or a musician makes a good piece of art, are they not displaying the beauty of their creator above them, whether they know it or not? Like everything that we do actually is a way to not just serve humanity and bless them, but actually reflect God to each other. And so when we work well, we're actually reflecting God to everybody around us. This is a beautiful thing. This is where even when you get down to something like, like an athlete, let's say, it's like, hey, well, what are they doing? Look at, is God not majestic? Is he not so put together and so uh, purposeful that it's almost perfect in the very uh, uh, being of who he is? And the athlete with all all of this strength and all of this finesse, like even that is a way to reflect God to each other to do that well. And so all the things that we do are actually a way to honor God, to work well, to image him. One of the things that God has called us to do in our work is to share the gospel, right? Like this work of gospel sharing is done in the office or neighborhood or wherever. This is the way that we bless humanity by saying, hey, you can come back into a beautiful relationship with God. God has made a way for you to know him. But at times, we've actually boiled work down to just this. This is all we say that work is, is that. But in reality, when you make a good product, are you not also blessing humanity? 
for sure. That's the temporal kind of over the spiritual. So we understand the, the, the more significant portion of this. But, but doesn't God care about his creation? Doesn't God see the things that he made as good and want to continue that with each other? And so as we do a good job, are we not still blessing God around us? Like God has given us a way to participate with him. One of these shouldn't go in the expense of the other. Jeff Van Duzer in Biz- Why Business Matters to God said, when businesses produce material things that enhance the welfare of the community, they are engaged in work that matters to God. This is why there's no sacred or secular divide. The church work isn't more important than marketplace work or vice versa. All of them are a way in which to love God's creation and to bless those around him. To actually further this point, uh, put up the next two, the slides of the two verses here. I want you to look at this because these both have to do with the spirit, okay? The spirit of God. So it says, you, the spirit, visit the earth, water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide the grain, for so you have prepared it. Then in John chapter 16, it says, And when he, the Spirit, comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so the Spirit of God is both a gardener and a preacher. Which is more valuable? Well, man, both of them actually are continuing God's creative order. Because without this one, we're all tangled in weeds and we're not even in here today, right? And so in a way that the spirit is shown to be a worker holistically, so God has called us in all of our different parts to work for him. This is a beautiful and excellent thing. If my toilet were to break down today and stuff that's supposed to go in starts coming back up, you think I want a pastor or elder at my house? No, <laughs> right? You think I want one of you high-earning like CEOs or, 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 or some computer person at my house? Like, I don't want you there, right? I want a plumber. And so even when kind of by culture we say, well, that job isn't as important as another job, when that plumber walks into my house, is he not essentially the face of God for me? <laughs> right? I say, save me, and he plums it out, and he does, okay? This is a beautiful thing then because that means there's dignity in all of our work. Whatever we do, there's dignity and value, and so you yourself right now can be a beholder of the Imago Dei to show off the glory of Christ to the world around you, whatever you do. This is a wonderful thing because it frees us up and it allows us to worship, and we get to be a part of God's creative, redemptive order when we work well. The third way that we work and the last way is that, or God's design in our work, is that we would bless his creation. That is another thing that God has clearly called us to do, and we looked at this a lot already, but we bless the creative order of God. This is one of the things that every time I do yard work, I come up and I give an analogy about it because I hate it, right? Which is probably not doing my work well, so I repent before you, right? But Friday, I did yard work, and I'm getting all cut up and hurt, and, but I'm trying to maintain, I'm trying to subdue the earth because if I don't do that, then there will be an opossum on my front doorstep like there was two weeks ago, and I almost died, okay? <laughs> I saw it and I ran away without even shutting the door because I did not know what to do. I did not subdue my garden and then possums started living in that joint, right? But if we actually take care of God's creation, then they have a right home and aren't about to get shot by me, right? And I have a right home and God's creative order actually works the way it's supposed to. So when we actually serve God's creation, are we not blessing him all around? 
Derek Kinder uh, has some profound truths. He's an author in Genesis 1. And one of the things that he said and that he saw is that actually only humans are given offices or a job description. So plants and animals are called to be fruitful and multiply, and so is humanity. But then humans were actually to subdue and to have dominion, and God began to give them a job description. Here's what it looks like to bless my creation. In fact, this is also what separates Christianity from a lot of other religions is that many other forms of thinking, even incorrect Christian thinking, kind of sees this world as just going down to hell and let's get out of here as quickly as we can. But actually, the scriptures say that God is going to redeem this world. In Romans chapter 8, he says that he is going to renew it. That's part of what the gospel of Jesus Christ has done. And so in reality, this world is not burning, but we actually are beginning to create the kingdom come in the future even now today. That's a wonderful thing. And so we're not trying to hurry up and flee from this world. No, no, no. Heaven's going to come down, Revelation says, and it will renew the world. God will not give up on a good work that he started. And so that's part of creation. He does that as well. And so this is why we can work well, because actually by doing that, we partake in the kingdom to come even. So we bless God now, we bless each other now, and we begin to create what it looks like in the kingdom. When we do our job well, then culture will advance so rapidly in heaven that we will be blown away with the beauty of God through each other's work. This is a wonderful thing. And we get the opportunity, if we have a gospel mindset, to do that even now. And here's the beautiful thing, friends. I want you to look at this list here. I want you to begin to think about it. Because if we ended here, we say, now go and work well. And I think that we would kind of be motivated. The scriptures have motivated us. But then Tuesday comes and our boss cusses us out and we're like, I hate my job. All right? And so how is it that we actually maintain this mindset? Well, I think we actually begin to believe in the gospel. Because who imaged for us this better than the person and work of Jesus Christ. Our beloved Savior, the Lamb of God, showed us how to do this to utter perfection. See, Christ, too, had a work to do when he was here on earth. God didn't just come down randomly, but rather he had a work. In fact, if you go to John chapter 17, in verse, uh, starting in verse 4, he says this. I, this is Christ speaking, glorified you on earth, listen, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Jesus accomplished the work that God called him to do. And by accomplishing that work, did he not bless God, bless humanity, and bless creation? Jesus did exactly what God's design for work was. See, Jesus was our perfect example of a worker. Jesus blessed God the Father because God loved his children that he created and longed for a relationship. But sin had separated us from God. And because of the work of Christ, now God could be reunited with his children, with his family. We enter back into relationship with him. And so by Christ doing his work perfectly, he glorified God. By doing his work perfectly, he also blessed humanity because he made a way for us to be able to re-engage in our relationship with God. Without Christ, we were hopeless. We were losing direction. Even work itself didn't have meaning or purpose, but with Christ, all things get restored. And because of his work, we can now be set free. Think of it even like this. So many of us try to work for our salvation, right? Be good enough so that God will accept us. But we know the scriptures make really clear that it is by grace through faith that we are saved, not works. It is not a result of works so that no one may boast. It is a, a gift of God, but we are saved by works, aren't we? 
It's just not our works. It's his. See, Christ came and did the work to perfection where you and I could not do it. It says the way that we are saved is by keeping the law to perfection. And none of us in here do that. And so we were unable to enter into relationship with God. But Christ came and he worked perfectly. And he kept all the law so that when we believe in Jesus by faith, his work gets substituted onto us and we are given the works of Christ as if we ourselves kept the law to perfection. Jesus's work provided a way that we may enter back into relationship with God. Bless the lamb of God. Jesus has made a way that we know him and this is beautiful. And so even what's hardwired in us, the desire to even work for the very salvation that we have, if we understand the gospel, we see God has made that purposefully that we would fix our eyes on Jesus, that we would realize that he himself is the one that works for us on our behalf when we cannot do it. And Christ obviously blesses creation because as Romans 8 once again said that he came and he was able to restore what was beginning to unravel and fall apart. Christ made a way through his death that one day creation itself would stop groaning and that it would be restored one day and thorns and thistles would no longer come up and cut us. But in reality, it would be beautiful. God is beginning to restore creative order. This is beautiful. So Christ is our perfect example of a worker. And now, friends, because of Christ's work, we can now see God's design and we can begin to work as unto that when we believe in the gospel. This is a beautiful thing. Now we see our purpose and we're able to walk in light of that. And listen, when we fail, we have a perfect worker who we can plead with. And he forgives us, and he restores us, and he convicts us, and he shows us how to work as unto him. Again, Tim Keller in his book, once again, says this. While ancient monks may have sought salvation through religious works, many modern people seek a kind of salvation, self-esteem and self-work, from career success. This leads us to seek only high-paying jobs, high-status jobs, and to worship them in perverse ways. But the gospel frees us from the relentless pressure of having to prove ourselves and secure our identity through work, for we are already proven and secure. Bless the Lord. And it also frees us from a condescending attitude toward those with less sophisticated labor and from envy over more exalted work. And now work becomes a way to love the God who saved us freely and by extension, a way to love our neighbor. Since we already have in Christ all the things other people work for, salvation, self-work, a good conscience, and peace, now we may work simply to love God and to love neighbors. And so friends, look at this chart one more time with us. There's a small shift I just wanted to show. In the beginning, it says the way to serve God is to, and that's what most people have focused on. This is the way. This is the way. But if we switch just that one little word and say, no, no, a way to serve God and work is to, and we begin to realize that all of our work are actually a way in which we can bless God. And as we understand the gospel, we actually do all these things intrinsically better and better, and we're convicted to do them more and more in all these different ways then actually we can find our true purpose, what God has created us for, and in that we can freely worship God. We can honor him through our jobs because now no longer do our jobs, as Keller says, give us our salvation, but we have our salvation in Christ. And now we can serve out of that and we can bless the world around them. And so how, even this week, even in light of what you just heard in the gospel, how can you better work to God's design? What are ways that you can more likely honor and love God in your work? 
What are ways that you can more fully bless humanity in your jobs? Actually, how does your job even do that? Because if a lot of us don't know how we actually bless humanity, but listen, even as we read, the most, the most small tasks do. Maybe you help us celebrate. Maybe you help us rejoice. Maybe you create order. Maybe you counsel us. Maybe you teach us whatever it is. These are ways in which we honor God. And I pray that we would be a family that works well, and that we would bless our God above, that we would bless each other and his creation through our work, and that this would be one of the main ways that we love God and we love our neighbor as ourselves. I love you guys. Let's pray. God, thank you for the beauty of work. God, I thank you for creating a way by which we can actually honor you, naturally even, in our jobs as a way in which we can worship you in our jobs. God, I pray you would challenge us. And here's today, what does that look like? How can we do that? How can we bless you? Christ, the Lamb of God, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing your work to perfection. That because of you, we can even have a relationship with God. Because of you, we can now enter into the joy of serving you, God. Help us to bless your name forever and ever. Friends, I know that some of you may have come in here kind of seeking God and trying to figure out who God is. And and maybe even you're realizing that you're actually trying to find your salvation through your jobs. Friends, your jobs cannot bear the weight of the Messiah. (laughs) Only Jesus can. And so maybe today is the first time that you kind of surrender your life to Christ. You say, I trust the work that you've done. I I want this relationship with God. I I do want to be on his team. I, I want to serve God in this way. Friends, Christ has made that possible. And you can really today choose to follow him, even by just pleading a simple prayer to Christ. He says, God, I surrender my life to you. Help me to know who you are. I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, man, what's, what's stopping you? The work that he did was perfect that you may know and love the Lord. I pray that we would all do that today. And friends, I pray that we would trust and know Christ, those who have professed him as Savior, that we would glorify him for his perfect work on the cross. That work has brought us freedom and allowed us to actually serve others around us through our jobs. Spirit, convict us, challenge us. We thank you. Praise things in your wonderful and beautiful name. Amen.